clock in, never clock out. No way with the slackers. No, no way with the slackers. No, 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 no way with the slackers. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I'm I'm super excited. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm, I'm excited for a couple of reasons. I'm excited because I have a great topic to discuss today, um, but I'm also excited because I just released my second single from my upcoming album uh, called Denial. I just released it this month past Monday. Um, so it's available right now on all digital outlets. However you listen to music, just type in Gabriel Parker, Denial, and the first that single as well as uh, the other single I just released, Mocking Word, will come up. Make sure you guys add that to your playlist or download it, stream it, share it with somebody. Um, but listen, I'm super excited. I want to just thank everyone. Take time. And I know I try to try to thank thank you guys as much as possible because I really appreciate it. But I want to thank everyone who has been supporting the Path of Revelation podcast. Um, everyone who has been supporting my solo work, you know, um, a couple of months ago, we announced that Matt and I's, uh, the last project we just put out the peculiar, that was our last project as a group. So path of revelation as a rap duel is no longer, um, active. You know, Matt is, Matt is, uh, going in the direction that he feels God is leading has has led him and I and I support him 100%. Matt is my brother for life and my still my best friend. And um you know, how many know transition just happens sometimes. Sometimes you just grow like we should never get so attached to something that God has us doing in a particular season that we miss what God wants us to transition to next. And so I believe that's where Matt is right now and and I'm excited for him man. They just had a beautiful baby girl, uh Morgan. Um, I think she might be like two months or three months now. Um, and she's just growing. She's just so beautiful. But listen, I'm excited because I'm. this is a new transition for me as well because I'm still operating Path of Revelation as a brand and ministry with the Path of Revelation podcast, as well as continuing to put out music just as a solo artist. And so you guys have been such a great encouragement to me from the messages I've been getting. You guys have been sharing the music. Also, a lot of you guys have donated um, to Path of Revelation. And I've explained to you many of the fun, uh, the funds are going towards me producing uh, more godly content in terms of videos and also going towards helping me fund my upcoming album in terms of all the expenses that comes with that. And so I just want to thank everyone who has donated because a lot of you guys, I don't take that for granted. A lot of you guys are a part of churches. Y'all could donate to anything. And so for you guys to take time out to donate to, to the cause and the mission, I really appreciate you guys. And, and so with that being said, if anyone wants to donate again, you can cash at me, Gabriel T Parker or PayPal, me to path of paypal um at path of revelation now at gmail.com but i want to just thank you guys uh of course the featured song for this episode 
is my single Denial. It's my second single from my upcoming album, which should be dropping first quarter of next year. I'm super excited excited about this particular song because I'm dealing with a lot of issues, a lot of racial issues and you know, we're in a in a time in our country and I can probably even say in the world, but in our country where racial tensions are so high, where where there are in, injustices happening and we have Democrats pointing the finger at Republicans and Republicans pointing the finger at the left and you know, white people are the problem black people screaming it's just so much going on and so in this song what's funny about this song is i wrote this song like a year and a half two years ago but it's so relevant to where we are right now and so this song really deals with what i believe the real problem is concerning um from a biblical perspective and then what is the solution so i'm excited about sharing denial with you guys listen in this upcoming segment after i play denial for you guys i'm going to be dealing with christians struggling with sin like i you know this is something that i um i always deal with in terms of i, I always have people reaching out to me uh, Christians reaching out to me saying, Gabe, man, I, I love God, but I'm, I'm addicted to porn or I'm addicted to masturbating. I'm dealing with sin in my life and I, I just can't shake the sin. The Bible refers to it as the sin that doth so easily beset us. You know, it says lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. And so I want to deal with how do we as Christians overcome the sin or sins that doth so easily beset us. How do we walk in victory and deliverance? And so that's going to be in the upcoming segment. But listen, let's hop into the featured song for this episode. My song, Denial. Testify. Testify. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Don't be ashamed. Denial. Denial, denial. We love our lust, save us from us. You can't tell us nothing, you can't tell us nothing. We're in denial. We love our lust, save us from us. Don't matter the color, we're in denial. I hate, we hate police brutality, but okay with abortion. Glorify black on black casualties, but at funerals mourning. Funerals mourning. I hate we blame white people for slave trade, slave trade. but those of the same shade. same shade. First sold us on slave raids to the white men without Christ. We're all played, so don't embrace lies. Cause your race was victimized. victimized. We're not innocent in God's eyes. March protest for black lives. Why ignore Planned Parenthood's genocide? But it's wrong to say it's all our fault. We living in it. Some just preach the gospel while denying white privilege. Let's talk public housing. Is it bad time? Whites and power segregated, that's my redlining Keep it, control the wealth, and keep the blacks wild And what difference between crack and power convictions are astounding And if you think I'm dwelling on the past, not the case Sin isn't black or white, but human race We love our lust, save us from us I'm trying to paint a picture you here You can't tell us nothing We're in the night not a man that we doesn't need Jesus lust, save us Whether black from or white us. Red, yellow, no matter the color, we all need him. We're in denial. We 
We're in denial about our fallen state Pointing out other sins to prove we are saints None righteous, no, not one ever since Adam ate Of the fruit humanity's been addicted to the taste But it's crazy how we compare our sins on a scale Like if mine's is less than yours, I'll escape hell Comparing sin like God only hates it in large amounts We'll be just in heaven just and have an angel kick us out I had a vision of hell and it was frightening A clan member and black activists crying I saw conservative, liberal, and left and right wing They were in so much pain, they were no longer fighting They had a vision of heaven and saw the same group The difference, they were worshiping Jesus in spirit and in truth Despite differences, they all needed the lamb slain To save them from themselves and out of hell's flames Save us from us We need your touch I'm a Christian, but I'm struggling with sin. Like, how do we overcome the sin that doth so easily beset us or the sins like this? I, I'm, I always get hit up by believers. I always get hit up by Christians saying, hey, man. Gabe, I'm, I'm struggling with pornography or I'm addicted to masturbation. Like, how do I overcome lust and how do I overcome? And listen, I never like whenever someone comes to me to ask for advice and share um, a struggle or weakness that they have in their walk, like I never look down on, on someone like because I know, listen, <clears throat> I know how messed up I am if not for God's grace. I know how messed up I am if not submitted to the Holy Spirit. So I never look down on anyone. And I actually applaud people who reach out to brothers or sisters in the Lord to get prayer and get advice. Like I applaud you because sometimes some people have so much pride and ego that they they're afraid to reach out for help because they don't want to they're too ashamed and and listen I get it it's a shame like it's a very humbling thing when you go to a brother or sister in the Lord to confess your sin like because you're putting yourself out there it's like a it's like a moment where you're being vulnerable and I believe sometimes our mind can pray and the enemy can play tricks on us and say, man, they're going to look at you negatively. They're going to criticize you negatively. And like you really don't know once you put yourself out there how someone may respond. You know what I'm saying? But but we all should have people in our lives that we can be accountable to and confess our sins and our faults to and know that they will pray for our healing in our in our deliverance as James 5 and 16 says and so like I've I've shared my testimony with many of you guys um, many of you guys are familiar with one of my testimonies that I shared in the song the night 
on, um, which is on our album, Everything Changes. But I shared my testimony of how I wrestled with pornography and lust while I was in ministry. While like I was a believer serving, worshiping God. But this one particular sin was like something I couldn't shake. And so what I want to do is I want to give you guys tools that will equip you to overcome the sin that has been so easily besetting you. Because, I, I, you know, I get hit up all the time by people saying, hey, Gabe, man, how do I overcome pornography? How do I overcome being addicted to masturbating? Like, I'm embarrassed to even share this with you. Like, but how do I overcome this? How do I overcome depression? Like, and, and listen, I want to commend anyone who has reached out to me with with these type of issues because it takes a lot, man. It takes a lot. And 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 there is a, a sense of shame that will come because society, a lot of times we feel like we have to always put up a front that we're strong and that we don't struggle with anything. And I think that's why there's so many people walking around hurt and with issues because they're not they don't have accountability and I'm talking about Christians now like I'm talking about Christians but listen man we all have things that if we're not fully submitted to God that it could throw us off track it could it could rob us of our joy it could rob us of our purpose and so we as Christians we have to be vigilant and be equipped to overcome the sin that doth so easily beset us. And so I want to define temptation. I want to define condemnation and conviction. I think is this I think these three things are important to understand um, as I hop into this uh, topic. Temptation is the desire to do something wrong. It's the desire to do something that is unwise. And so I think it's important that we understand just because we're tempted, like just because you're tempted doesn't mean that you're sinning. Like you could be tempted and not be sinning. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, but it's what you do when, when you're tempted. It's how you respond when you're tempted. And, and but but listen, it's important to understand that you don't even always have to actually physically do something when you're tempted. You can actually sin in your heart. You can actually con conceive something in your heart. And, and here's the reality. Some of us haven't, sometimes some of us haven't acted out on sin because we just weren't given the opportunity. And then there's times where we're, when, when, when sometimes we may actually be tempted about by something and we actually display self-control. We actually work out our salvation with fear and trembling and say, you know what, God, I love you. I don't want to, I don't want to hurt you. God, I don't want to do anything that's not pleasing to you. But James chapter one, verse 13 through five says this about temptation. It says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted 
when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. So here's the thing. And I'm going to read verse 15 in a second. Temptation isn't just an opportunity to do what's wrong, but we have to start viewing temptation as an opportunity to do what's right and please God. Also, temptation only reveals what's on the inside of us. It reveals what is on the inside of our flesh and maybe sometimes what's in our heart. Um, this is why the Bible is constantly telling us to have to renew our mind. Because all types of crazy thoughts run through our mind throughout the day. I don't care how saved you are or how Holy Ghost filled you are. Some of the most crazy thoughts run through our head on a daily basis. And listen, some of the thoughts we, we can't control, they just come as a result of us living in a fallen world. It may be something we saw on a commercial. It may be some, something we saw while we we're in a supermarket. And listen, not every thought has to be received. We don't have to give in to every thought that comes in our head. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse four through six says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations or images or thoughts and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. But see, here's the key. You have to have an, you have to know the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You have to know what the obedience of Christ is and having in a readiness to revenge or disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Like we have to make sure that we are in God's word on a regular. We can't be part-time Christians. Like we need it. The word of God is meant to be daily bread. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, it doesn't say faith comes by what you heard. But hearing is active. It means that we should be hearing or meditating on the word of God. And so one of the things that I've recognized is that temptation isn't just an obstacle that stands in our way or something that is be viewed as negative um, in terms of what our response can be like I can I'm learning and constantly learning to view temptation as an opportunity to grow to 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 please God to show God hey man God you can trust me like grow me Lord and so verse 15 says then desire when it has conceived, gives birth to sin and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Let me read verse 14 right into verse 15. It says, but every person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth to death. What happens is when we don't deal with temptation and hold temptation up against God's word, the knowledge of God. What happens is temptation con is conceived in our hearts. And when and when temptation is conceived, it gives birth to sin. This is why the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. 
So we have to make sure that we are renewing our minds with the word, washing our our minds with the water of the word. Amen. Condemnation. Condemnation is rendering punishment or judgment based off of conviction or guilt. So in other words, condemnation, like let's say I committed a murder. That would be my conviction before the judge. I'm convicted of murder. The sentencing of life or the death penalty will be the condemnation for the conviction. And so because you committed murder, I'm sentencing or condemning you to life in prison. So condemnation, like sometimes we make the mistake of confusing conviction, biblical conviction with condemnation. And they're two different things. It's important that we understand that conviction The definition of conviction is a declaration of guilt, but it's also a firm belief. The beautiful part about biblical conviction is it doesn't come with condemnation. Like it identifies wrong in your life, but it doesn't give you the sentence or the punishment you deserve for your wrong. In other words, it it actually goes against condemnation and it fights to pull people out of condemnation. It works to pull us into the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Because the Bible lets us know that outside of Christ, we're condemned already. Like we're, we're already condemned when we're not in Christ. But this is why John chapter six, verse eight says, and this referring to the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of his sin. And and so conviction is actually an invitation to do what is right, which is to turn to Christ, the work that he already accomplished on the cross, to trust that he died and he is risen from the grave. Listen, conviction is actually a gift. Like when I'm convicted, like we make the mistake of 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 confusing conviction with condemnation. And when you don't know the difference, what ends up happening, you'll begin to condemn yourself. But listen, conviction is actually a gift. Conviction leads and guides us. The Holy Spirit convicts us and he leads and guides us into all truth. As as Jesus says in in the book of John, in the scriptures, he he leads us in the way that we should go. He testifies of Jesus. He, He comforts us. He is a comforter. He is the helper. And so he's not coming to condemn us, but he's coming to convict us and instruct us in the way that is beneficial for our purpose and who we are in him. And so conviction is a wonderful thing. Listen, when I say what I'm about to say, I want to be clear. I'm referring to a person who professes to be a Christian. I'm not referring, I should say, I'm not referring to the person who professes to be a Christian, Christian, but they're just willfully sinning, like not living the Christian lifestyle. I believe we as Christians struggle with sin and wrestle with walking in deliverance because we have a faulty view of God's love for us. Hear me. This is 
This is so important to walking in deliverance. Like, I believe we struggle a lot of times with the same thing, the same sin. Like, and I know many of you can identify with this because I've been here before. It's like, man, I thought I overcame this and I relapsed. I'm right back into this same sin. Like I done went to the altar for this thing like five times. I don't have people slap oil on my head and lay hands on me. And here I am again. I've been wrestling with this thing for so long. Like I believe we wrestle and struggle with sin and walking in deliverance because we have a faulty view of God's love. Like we don't really realize how much God loves us. And so that affects how we view ourselves in light of being a new creation in him. Like it is important and hear me good. It is extremely important to understand that Christ didn't just die for us, but he also lived for us. Hallelujah. Like Jesus didn't just live his life and then say, hey, I'm going to the cross for you now. Like my life didn't mean it, but he actually lived his life for us. Philippians chapter two, verse six through eight says this about Jesus. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Or in other words, because he was God or is God, he didn't have to try to be God. But emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So what this is saying, what this is saying is that God became a man in the person of Jesus Christ and subjected himself to the human experience for you and I. In other words, Jesus being God suppressed his deity so he can experience everything that you've experienced plus more. Man, this is powerful because he didn't have to do it. Yet he humbled himself to the human experience when it says that he emptied himself in other words Jesus being fully God put on human flesh and suppressed his deity so he could be tempted as we were tempted so he could experience pain and temptation the way we experience pain and temptation Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 through 16 says this and it's talking about Jesus For we do not have a high priest, Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. So in other words, Jesus sympathizes with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are. Hallelujah. Yet without sin, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help 
in time of need. Listen, this is powerful, y'all. You have to get this. Listen, so you know what this means? When we struggle with sin, when we wrestle with temptation and different things, God, God isn't looking down at us and saying shame on you, counting you out. He's not count. He's not counting us out. He's not looking. He's not looking down at us and condemning us. Listen, I, I don't want to paint the picture that God is OK with sin, sin or saying that he can't be grieved by sin in our lives because those things do grieve him. But we know that scripture says whom he loves, he chastens. In other words, he disciplines us um, because he knows that sin only produces bad in our lives and that it is counter to his purpose and plan for our life. God cares for us. He doesn't want to see us wallowing or, or stuck in something that he saved us from on the cross. He doesn't want to see us in something that he already defeated. But listen, we have to understand that God isn't coming down on us the way that we come down on ourselves. Uh-oh. God isn't coming down on us the way that we come down on ourselves. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy. The scripture clearly lets us know that Christ actually sympathizes with our weaknesses. So what that means is he cares and not just that he cares, but that he can actually identify with what we're going through because he too was tempted as we are. Yet he didn't sin like us. He cares when when sin is getting the best of us. He cares when doubt is getting the best of us. He cares when we're not walking in the victory that he purchased for us with his blood. The Lord cares. He cares for you. And so with this truth, because of this truth, we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Like we, we have to stop going to pray to God in prayer just out of routine. Having more confidence in our struggles than him. Like we have to go to God in confidence. That means to have faith in him. Like because of this truth, we can come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and grace in the time of need. Listen, it is impossible to deal with sin in your life when you're an active participant in condemning yourself. <laughs> like. Why is it, and, and hear me when I ask this question, like, why is it we consider it self-righteous when other people judge us or condemn us, but we don't consider it self-righteous when we condemn ourselves? Like, like, seriously, if Christ purchased us with his blood and our lives are not our own, as the scriptures say, and whom the son sets free is free indeed, and who are, who are we to condemn ourselves when Christ has justified us and made us the righteousness of God? We do not have the right to condemn ourselves because we do not belong to ourselves. Man, that's a, man, you should, you should start shouting right now with that. <laughs> like you, we don't even have the right to condemn ourselves because we don't belong to ourselves. Like 
we're in better hands in God's hands than if we are in our own hands. Like, glory to God, man. Like, I would have, if it was up to me, man, I would have counted myself out a long time ago. <laughs> it's a blessing that you're just, it's a blessing that you're even listening to this show. Like, like, man, it's a blessing that we are in the land of the living and that we can lift up our hands without wrath or doubt, that we can glorify God knowing that he actually hears us. But listen, sometimes we don't get the responses that we want out of prayer because our minds aren't being renewed. We have to change our way of thinking. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so one of the things that has, one of the scriptures that has really helped me when it comes to self-condemnation, because I really believe that a lot of us struggle and and struggle walking in and walking out freedom in the Lord because we can't get over ourselves we we can listen first John chapter 3 verse 20 says this and I live by this for whenever our heart condemns us God is greater than our heart that's another moment to shout <laughs> God is greater than our heart so even when our heart so even when our heart, even when my heart tries to condemn me, God is greater than my heart. So so I'm supposed to listen to God above my own heart because my heart will lie to me. Your heart will lie to you. Listen, you can't. We can't effectively follow Christ when we're trusting in our heart. The Bible never says trust in your heart or your feelings. Proverbs chapter three, verse five through six says trust in the Lord with all of your heart. It doesn't say trust in your heart. It says trust in the Lord with your heart, with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In other words, don't lean to what it looks like. Don't lean to your emotions. Don't lean to your feelings. It says, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him. Look to him and he will direct your path. But it says this because Jeremiah chapter 17, verse nine, lets us know that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Like above all things, and it says, who can know it? In other words, the heart is up and down. One minute is thinking about the right thing. The next minute is thinking about the wrong thing. The next thing, the next minute is calling what's wrong, bad and what's wrong. Good. Like we can't trust, like we have to trust God with our hearts, with all of our heart. And so we can't trust our emotions because here's the reality, man. There's some days where I don't even feel saved. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. There's some days where I don't feel like I'm, I'm a believer but just because I don't feel, just because I don't feel like I'm saved, doesn't mean that I have to give in to those emotions. It doesn't mean that what I'm feeling is true. That's why the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. It doesn't say we walk by feeling. We walk by faith, not by sight. Listen, your faith doesn't have to match your feelings. A big part of walking out the Christian lifestyle is faith over feelings. 
Self-righteousness is important that we understand because a lot of times we don't view us condemning ourselves as self-righteousness, but I'm calling it what it is. A lot of times we don't realize self like self-righteousness doesn't produce godly righteousness. Like the Bible says our righteousness is but filthy rags, like it's not good enough. Like this is what like if there was an amount of good that we can do to be in right standing with God, Christ would not have needed to come and die. So you know what that does for me? That doesn't tell me that I could just go around sinning because I love God and I'm a new create creature and I'm supposed to be walking out my salvation with fear and trembling. But what it lets me know is that all the pressure is off of me. That when I put my faith in Christ and trust in in his work, that he has overcome sin and death. I can put my full confidence in him and know that it's not based on my own merit. And I can walk in the newness of life that he's already purchased for me. And so here's the reality. Our minds must continually be renewed. Romans chapter 12, verse one through two says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. Listen, we can't discern the will of God if our minds are not being renewed. Our minds are not being renewed if we're not praying, if we're not reading our words, if we're not fasting. Like we can't expect God results if we're sowing into our flesh. But it says that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So here's a question I have for you. What does your spiritual diet look like? For example, if you're wrestling with pornography and lust, how does your prayer life look? How does your word life look? Like if you're struggling with these things, what type of movies are you watching? What type of television shows are you watching? What type of radio stations and music are you listening to? Because I'm learning often what we entertain becomes what binds us later. Like we can entertain sin and that sin become bondage in our life. What type of company are you keeping around you? Like first Corinthians 15 verse 33 says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. And so if I'm trying to live, if I'm striving to live for the Lord, I can't be surrounded by lukewarm Christians. I can't be surrounded by people who aren't trying to live for God because it's counterproductive to my purpose. Like I can't, I can't be striving to be a millionaire 
but hang around people who laugh at education. Like it doesn't work like that. Bad company ruins good morals. And so one of the things I find a lot of times when it comes to these things is when we're struggling with walking out deliverance and living a victorious lifestyle, Christian lifestyle, is usually because we're not praying like we should or reading the word like we should. We're not fasting or we're surrounded by the wrong people. We're surrounded by people who aren't holding us accountable to our sin, but rather applauding our sin. Like when I'm when I'm hang with Matt, my brother, Matt, and I see his commitment to his wife and his children, it makes me want to love my wife more. And love my children more when I see his prayer life and how he really loves God. It motivates me to love God and to pursue God, man. You have to surround yourself with people who will push you into your purpose. Like, but here's the here's the problem that I'm finding some a lot of times we care more about what people think than what God thinks. And, and for for a lot of us, that's a big problem. For a lot of us, this is why we've been in for some of us is why we've been in church our whole life and we're not growing. It's because we're not willing to let certain people go because we value their opinion above God's truth. In Galatians chapter one, verse 10, Paul writes, he says, for I am not for for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Like there comes a point where we have to be so focused on living for Christ that we have to get to a place that we don't, even if it causes us to lose certain relationships or cause people to look at us, look at us crazy, man, as long as I get to Christ, as long as I'm pleasing Christ. But we have to have an understanding of who God is and how much he loves us. See, none of this really makes sense if we don't understand God's love for us and who he is and how he's holy and that there's none like him. When these things become a reality, like there's been times, listen, and, and, and I'm just being real. Sometimes you have to pray and say, God, give me confidence in you. Help me to desire to please you above my friends. Help me to desire to please you above them, whoever them is. <laughs> like Jesus said in Matthew, if you in Matthew 10, he says, man, if you love your father and mother more than me, your brother and sister more than me, you're not worthy of the kingdom. Like we're not supposed to put anything above God. Like that's like we 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 have to examine ourselves and be honest. And so I'm going to run through this real quick again. How is your prayer life? 
How is your word life? How, who are you surrounded by? What are the things that you're watching? Listen, one of the things that I had to learn how to do is I had to learn how to start denying myself on another level. Disciple, what it means to be a disciple of the Lord. We have to look, when you look at the word disciple, it comes from the word discipline. Like a part of being a disciple is being disciplined. A big part of being disciplined is denying yourself of things that you may desire, but aren't good for you. Like if I'm rest, like I may have, like, I need to stop watching power. Like, like I'm just using this as an example. I don't actually watch power, but some of us need to be like, yo, I just because I see all of these Christians on social media watching power doesn't mean that it's okay for me to watch power. Like I'm going to let them do them, but man, I, I have to please God. Like, I can't continue wrestling with sex, sexual sin. I can't continue wrestling with pornography. I can't continue wrestling with having foul, a foul mouth. Like, it's so many Christians that cuss to the, nowadays that don't think there's nothing wrong with cussing. Like, we're conforming to the world because we're allowing pop culture to shape our worldview and not the Bible. And then we wonder why we wrestle with sin. We wonder why we wrestle with things. Like, man, like there's like I had to learn how to cut the television off and make my flesh uncomfortable. I had to learn how to cut social media off and and and, and open up the Bible and say, man, yeah, I want to see what's going on in, in social world. I want to see what's going on on TV. But man, flesh, you're going to you're going to you're going to submit to the will of God. I, I had to learn how to turn down a plate I had to learn how to fast and deny my flesh and say hey instead of eating we, I'm gonna pray I'm gonna miss lunch today or I'm gonna miss breakfast and lunch or I'm gonna I'm not gonna eat today I'm gonna just I'm gonna meditate on the goodness of the Lord I'm gonna meditate on the scriptures today like when we do that when we learn to do that the Bible says when we so into the spirit we we reap of the spirit like we have to start sowing into our spirit man also listen this this spiritual walk is kind of like if if you've ever played sports if you've ever played basketball or football like you have like you have a, a off season to train like you don't just spend the off season on the couch eating donuts and cookies like you're in the you should be in the weight room you should be working out you should be getting ready for the game but what I'm learning is a lot of times when it comes to temptation we wait till we're tempted to actually get ready to fight like but it's too late now you're in the fight like when I'm not being tempted it's the time where I should be praying the hardest <laughs> I shouldn't wait till I'm tempted to start praying hard. I should be praying hard and reading my word hard when I'm not being tempted. Because it's preparation. I'm equipping myself before the test comes. And so I pray, I pray that 
this this show has been a a great resource for you and 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 I pray that you understand and know how much God loves you and that he's not condemning you believer Romans 8 chapter 8 verse 1 it says therefore there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk after the spirit and not according to the flesh. Listen, if you if you are in Christ, you are walking according to the spirit. There is no condemnation. Even when you try to condemn yourself. First, John three and 20. God is greater than your heart. In other words, like we don't belong to ourselves. We belong to. The righteous judge who has justified us by the blood of his son. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I pray that this show has been a motivation and an encouragement to you. Jesus loves you and I love you too. Listen, make sure you guys write in to Path of Revelation. Go to pathofrevelationnow.com. Uh, make sure if you aren't subscribed to the show, subscribe to the show, share it with someone. Make sure you guys download the latest um, single denial, my latest single denial. Um, and also, again, you guys could donate to Path of Revelation Ministries if you want. Just cash at me, Gabriel T. Parker, or PayPal to Path of Revelation now at gmail.com. Listen, this is the Path of Revelation podcast, and this is where the culture meets scripture. <laughs>